Well, good morning. I don't have a specific topic for today, but I've come across yet another example of why, oh, why yesterday's podcast. So I was just going through and I do uh, Yijing reading every day. It is the book of change, the Yijing as it's commonly known in the West. And I was just discussing with the wife because I had someone mention, as I said, that Greek invented philosophy. I was talking about the golden mean. And even my wife picked up on the central path or the golden mean, that it is essentially the middle way, which it was. Now, but keep in mind, this predates Buddhism by many hundreds of years. So I went looking within the book. There's an index. I went looking for a good explanation of the golden mean, and I thought it'd be easier to look for it on the Internet. And no. Because the golden mean comes up with, once again, Greek. And the one that I didn't mention is the Chetiskoti, uh, the Buddhist idea that uh, it's not this, it's not that. It's like a superposition. It's not this, it's not that. It is this, it is that. It's this and that, and it's neither this nor that. In Greek, they call it the Tetralemma, even though the Buddhist Indian philosophy, Hindu, Vedic, predates the Greek. It's listed as a Greek philosophy. Same as the golden mean. Yeah, yeah. And they have a short little uh, section on the Eastern philosophy. They mention Kontzer, uh, Master Confucius. Uh, but of course, they don't mention where that came from, which is the Jing, the Book of Change. So today's topic, not just the golden mean, not just the fact that uh, philosophy was not invented in Greece, not just about the whitewash, but actually maybe a major misunderstanding. So as I'm reading through the book, uh, they're talking about King Wen and uh, Duke of Chu and the Shang dynasty, the tyrant of Shang. What's interesting is you'll have um, quotes. In fact, I can probably even quote them if I'm not too lazy in my... Right? Uh, hold on here. Where were we? Yes, exactly. So, if one love others, then do not respond in the same way. One should turn inward and examine one's own love. And then it goes on. And the final sentence is, one, when one does not realize what one desires, one must turn inward and examine oneself in every point. Now, from the Chinese, this would be to examine one's desires and how they influence one's outcomes because again not just a middle way in the golden mean or the central path we also have an idea of cause and effect in this um, yijing again these are after the fact even uh, uh, commentaries but i'm getting to my point another quote is uh they claim that Confucius, Kuntzer, and Lao Tzu had a different perspective on this idea. And they quote Lao Tzu as saying, Attain the highest void, maintain the deepest stillness. When the 10,000 beings rise and fall, watch their turning back. Now again, you can absolutely read this from a Buddhist perspective prior to a heavy influence again could have been written later, but attain the highest void. 
absolutely. In a Taoist perspective, this is this idea to empty oneself of what we're working with as Buddhists, uh, these volitions, these ideas, judgments. <laughs> Maintain the deepest stillness. There we go. There's another serious misunderstanding, an idea of shamatha, this stillness, this calm uh, concentration. Right? When 10,000 beings rise and fall, and we've talked about this, 10,000 being a number representing infinite, right? So when all sentient beings, infinite number of sentient beings rise and fall, remember, Chiri uh, um, mentioned, right? Sentient beings are numberless. They, they would use this 10,000 number. Watch their turning back. This is a specific expression. To turn back. We use this in Buddhist, Buddhism as well. To turn one's back on these desire-based uh, um, selfish uh, uh, wishes, the outcomes. Right? But I go one step further because when you look at this seemingly strong difference between uh, Confucius or the Ru Yi school, Kuntzu and Laozi. Uh, one, you're supposed to empty oneself. The other, you're supposed to, you know. Another misunderstanding when they talk about um, this filial piety. What am I getting at? I highly suggest you look up Moism. It was written separate from the, again, the um, Confucius, uh, Lao Tzu. They fall into the scholar school of the traditional philosophy. Whereas Mo Tzu is is considered a separate uh, work. And why? Because it has a much different perspective. Moism, I would argue, uh, let's see here, they have it as caring and impartiality on Wikipedia. A state of consequentialism. Right? So I argue that Moism is much closer to uh, the philosophy in the Yi Jing that talks about a middle way, that talks about um, equanimity, right? Because if you just change those English translations of caring and impartiality to compassion and uh, equanimity, so you have your karuna and upeka, upeksha, state of consequentialism. That is in no, that's absolutely this idea of cause and effect or pratitsamutpada, the uh, dependent origination. But you go one step further and you read um, Confucius and Taoism and you understand this idea of the void, of, of the, the path, the way, if the way is a middle way, not excess, not insufficient, then you're not emptying yourself and you're not, uh, not doing nothing. The same as the philosophy says, when you get hungry, you fill your stomach. So I argue that they are all coming from the exact same philosophical school. It's afterwards we've misunderstood their perspective. I would argue that the filial piety is once again misunderstood. 
Of course, you're going to look after your family before a stranger. But the idea is to treat your family and others with the same sort of caring, right? This idea that to see self and others is as harmful as to see us versus them. So a few more amazing little things. So just to wrap it up, uh, I argue that uh, Confucius and Lao Tzu and um, uh, Mencius and... um, Oh, geez, there's a bunch in this school, the scholar school and Moism, which I recommend you look into, all have the same idea, a philosophy of equanimity, of oneness of all beings and consequentialism or cause and effect. Uh, And that filial piety is kind of like the lamb rim. Um, There is uh, a practice where you see family and others Right, You use your love and piety for one's family to get in touch with um, empathy, this equanimity that is difficult. It's a big, big part of the path because it is not easy to do. We are creatures of, of uh, oh, I mean, our reptilian brain, they've studied this. We're naturally xenophobic. We're afraid of strangers because we're tribal. And there's even hormones that actually, you know, kind of influence us. So here we go again. This idea, all of the teachings boil down to being selfless, to encourage one to make selfless choices over selfish choices. And they're not all conscious choices, right? To fear a stranger is a natural reaction, right? This is what we're talking about, this middle way approach. You're not going to fear someone strictly because they're a stranger, right? If there's no other reason to fear them, then that's inappropriate. Middle way, not excessive, not insufficient. So, there you go. I don't know. What do you think? Did I get that out?